Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. And welcome to the Utah Puck Report. Uh, today's going to be a, a little bit special for me. Uh, I'm connecting with a, an old-time friend, a long-time coach, and we're going to find out about junior A hockey, what's going on in Utah. We've actually we've got teams playing out of Vernal now, and things are just uh, really looking up for hockey. So long-time friend, Joe Flager. Joe, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing awesome. All right. So, Joe, before we get into it, I want to – I want to tell people, and I don't remember what your role was, but I met you when we were playing, when I was playing at Weber State. And I think you were helping coach, or somehow you knew Phil Snyder and the boys. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was 100 years ago, and you're still coaching. So you've been around <laughs> hockey for a long time. Still live, still living the dream at 60. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. I know, I know you've had the opportunity to, to help a lot of people, you know, live out their hockey dream and – uh, you know, experience higher levels of hockey. For me, the first time I really remember interacting with you, and I don't remember the, the chronologically if you sent us to a tournament first or if the first thing you did was send me, Phil Snyder, Casey Norris, and John Keekle to El Paso, Texas to play professional roller hockey for the San Francisco Seals at the time. I remember and, that. Yeah, I was kind of a... A weird situation, but it was pretty fun, pretty cool, and a unique experience for us to get out there and, and play some professional roller hockey. And so, I mean, you've just yeah, always we, been willing was, to. Absolutely. It was, uh, you know, back in the early 90s, it, it, was, uh, it was pretty big. And, and in fact, I think there was uh, uh, Salt Lake City got a professional roller hockey team. I want to say in nine, maybe 91 or 92, it was an outdoor arena at the Southtown Mall. In fact, yeah, a lot of the Salt Lake Roller couple, Bees. That's right, and, and in fact, there was a couple of uh, old-time uh, uh, Salt Lake Golden Eagles players that uh, played for them as well. <laughs> yeah, they had Rich Chernomaz, Todd Harkins. Uh, yep, 
Yep. A couple other people like that. Yeah, we had um, James Burdett who played for the. I remember. Uh, ja- I yep. I remember James well. <laughs> yeah, we ha- we had him on the show recently. I'm going to get Andy Gannon on the show too. So we'll get into all the roller hockey stuff. I actually even had some uh, some roller hockey legends on. I, I had a guy named Rob Larry who was a probably one of the best RHI players ever. He was on the show recently with a guy named Michael Hunt, and uh, I'm going to have him back on the show. But he's he's like Canada's best ever roller hockey player. He's even their mascot for. The logo is from when he scored a goal and did a celebration, and they made that the logo. So that's now call, awesome. Now that's he calls classic. himself the logo. Yeah, he's pretty <laughs> right. crazy. And he, and he sells his whole business is uh, hockey cards and trading cards, and he's got like Gretzky's that are worth millions of dollars, and and oh, all oh, kinds yeah. of cards. So we're gonna have him on and talk about just all the different cards. But Joe, the reason we have you on the show now is you're coaching a team. And the team is new. The league is new. Yep. And I just don't think a lot of people in Utah really know what's going on. So this is an offshoot of what was the Western States Hockey League. You guys got a different league now. Correct. And I know, you know, obviously there's drama or whatever that created this. But I just want to talk about what the league is now, the opportunities that, that are going on now, and the teams that you're involved with and, and how things are going. So can you kind of start us from the beginning and describe the league? I- yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I, I could tell you how the, the Vernal team came about real quick. And I, I it was in July and uh, I live in Duchesne and, and uh, it's middle of nowhere, <laughs> but I got a call Dave Imani. And uh, in fact, it may have, may have uh, been a, a message on messenger, but he said, Hey, I'm thinking about putting a junior team in Vernal. Uh, and I understand that you live out in Duchesne, which is close to there. And I said, it, it is. And he says, what do you think about uh, putting a team out in Vernal? I said, you know what? I said, that would, that's the best thing that would ever happen to that town. It, it's, it, it's almost the perfect town for a junior team. Because, you know, small towns, uh, uh, whenever you see a junior team, they're always usually in a small town because it gives the, uh, the people of the community, uh, you know, something to come to and cheer on. And, and Vernal was like almost the perfect spot. So, you know, Dave came down, we went in front of the County commissioners and uh, sold them on the idea and they were all positive about it and thought it would be a great idea. And that's basically how the team came about. And um, it was kind of late in the year. So we really had a push on to recruit players and uh, now I'll get in the recruiting here, you know, after I tell you about how the league came about, but anyway, we, we joined the, the Western States Hockey League, and the Western States has been around for years. I think they started out in, like, 96, if I'm not mistaken. And back, even back then, they had a couple Utah teams. And uh, he's been around forever. Well, last the previous year, they shut down because of COVID. So a lot of teams uh, jumped ship the previous year because, you know, they wanted to play. So a lot of them joined either the USPHL which is another junior A uh, league, and some join the uh, the NA3, which, again, is another one. Right. And uh, so there was only so many teams in the Western States League. In fact, there was I think there was five American teams and five Canadian teams. Well, long story short, uh, because the league started so late, four of those five teams had trouble recruiting players. They just couldn't get them. They, they couldn't get enough. Uh, most of them could only get maybe anywhere from – seven players to 12. Well, 
we went out and got 20, 25. <laughs> wow. We almost, I mean, we had a full roster plus, I mean, you could roster, I think the, the, the limit was 27. Uh, and, uh, so we, when these teams started to fold, uh, Dave and I discussed, uh, you know, what the options were and it really boiled down to two and one, uh, I mean, obviously we couldn't join the other leagues because it was already, they were already knee deep in, into the season. So a was either to join the Canadian division, which would mean not only a lot of travel, but, uh, the budget just went up probably a uh, hundredfold right. or just fold the team and uh, place the players in another league or other teams or whatever. But we, when Dave and I discussed that, that wasn't even an option. We, we worked too hard and put too much effort into recruiting these, these young players. And it, in our minds, it was uh you know, we should continue on. And so we decided to uh, jump into that Canadian uh, provincial division. And so the first half of the season was played under the Western States Hockey League. Well, the Canadian teams decided that they wanted to go ahead and do it, you know, do a league on their own. They just thought it was a better fit for them. Um, nothing negative came about. I mean, it was, it was a, a more of a positive thing. And, but now that left us <laughs> um, having to follow because obviously we're the only American team. So now we are the Canadian, uh, the Can-Am Junior Hockey League. Okay. And all, the, all five Canadian teams are based in Alberta. Um, and of course we're here in Vernal. So <laughs> we, we set up the, the, this, we, we redid the schedule for the second half of the season so it would benefit us as far as traveling. So this past uh, uh, two weeks, we played 10 games in 10 days. Man. And I'll tell you what, when you have 20 players, a full roster or a full bench, that's a grind. We did it with 10. <laughs> right, because you had injuries, you had COVID. We, we did. COVID, because in, in, to cross over into Canada – um, you have to show uh, your vaccination card. You have to have, you have to be vaccinated and you have to show a negative COVID test within 72 hours prior to the, the trip. Well, five of the players, or five, maybe it was four tested positive. And there was, uh, I think four or five others that, that didn't get vaccinated. So that left us. Yeah. I mean, with half a team. So we went, I mean, we were obligated to go and we did. And, uh, I mean, we knew playing with a short bench, it was going to be a, a challenge for the boys. I mean, I, I mean, I can't even explain, or I, I can't even tell you what they went through to play that many games in 10 days. But, you know, in the end, I mean, we went, uh, we traveled to, uh, some of the teams that, well, Cold Lake, Alberta, uh, Hinton. Barhead, Edmonton, and Vegreville. And uh, when we took, we have our team bus, we took a bus there and it was a 20, I want to say it was about 20, 22 hours to Cold Lake. Cold Lake was the, they're, they're further up north. And uh, 
we played the first game. I think we lost six to two and it, it was four to two. I think I got a couple of late goals, but, <clears throat> and uh, we had that game, we had one injury. So now we're down to nine skaters. The next day we went to Hinton, which was about a six and a half hour drive uh, on the bus. And we played them and that was a club was seven, six. That was, that was actually a really good hockey game. And um, we were down, we had another injury. Now we're down to eight. <laughs> Holy cow. And then we played um, that Friday against Edmonton. It was an afternoon game. And that was another close one. That, that, I want to say that was uh, uh, eight to six, maybe. And I can't remember the, the score exactly. But we all, then we got another injury that game. Now we're down to seven. Wow, it's like so, a mentally tournament. We knew. So what I had to literally go out and do, Dave and I discussed it, but we actually had to go out, recruit players out there, sign them so we wouldn't play. Because, I mean, listen, you have to be realistic. To play with seven guys at, at this level, it, it's just it's, it's not going to happen. <laughs> I mean, right, right, right. You know, so we went out. We, we, uh, we got – for Saturday, we, we recruited three players, so we had 10 skaters. And I, I'm trying to remember who we played that game. I want to say it was Begreville. And I can't remember the score of that game. We lost. I know we lost. And then Sunday afternoon, we went out and got two more players. We had 12 skaters for Sunday. I mean, it was like – it was almost – we were hoping that somebody would complain about ice time. <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah. and uh, but anyway, we won that game eight to three, and uh, that was against Barhead. And then Monday, <clears throat> those players that we recruited had jobs, <laughs> so some of them couldn't play. And uh, so on Monday, I think we had eight skaters. Tuesday, Tuesday we had nine. In fact, on Tuesday we played Barhead again, and we won that game. And that was what was the score? I think it was. 12 to 8. Wow. Yeah. High scoring is. Foot, yeah, football score. <laughs> you, you know, and then we went on, we finished, we finished 2 and 8. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, at that last game, I told the boys, I said, you know what, guys, I said, in junior hockey especially, it's not about winning or losing. It's really about developing those kids to give them an opportunity to play at a higher level. And I told them, I said, you know, at the end of the day, if you can look in the mirror and, and just tell yourself that you did the best you could guys, that's all that matters. It really does. It, you know, when you go out and you work hard and you have fun and you have a great experience, the winning will take care of itself. You know, yeah, those, those um, kids will always remember this trip. Like that. Like we, and that's all you teams. That's absolutely. Yeah. I'm sorry, I was going to say, all you two yeah, teams have experienced the exact same kind of thing. That is a great experience, Jay. I, I, could, I could tell you, if it, again, the winning or losing, it, we didn't, it didn't even matter. It, it's just the fact that we went out, they played hard. We, we went from town to town, seeing the history of these ranks and, you know, the different barns they played in. And, um, you know, some of the drives were two and a half hours, some were six and a half hours. And, uh, mm -hmm. But what, a, you know, the but I remember we woke up in Barhead, I think the next morning woke up, it was minus 35 degrees. <laughs> it, it was so cold 
the tires on the bus got stuck to the to the ice. Whoa. So yeah. all the players, we got out, all of them, and pu- had to push the bus to get out of the ice. And, you know, when I seen that moment with all those boys pushing <laughs> that bus, I, I, you know, you just seen the 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 coming together, them gelling together right. at that one particular moment. And uh, it's, you know, and that's difficult in this league. And, I, I, well, I mean, in, in hockey sometimes, but to – get a team uh, get a team to gel together but i can remember a, a coach asking me um you know what do you think one of the common denominators is winning a you know a championship and i and i told him i said you know the most challenging part is when you walk into the locker room in the beginning of the year you have 21 different personalities sitting there and your job as a coach is to to somehow get that team to come together as one. And when you can accomplish that, it's unlimited to what those boys can, can do. Right. And uh, right. it's, yeah, it, it, those teams are special and you can see this team here. It's, it's exactly that. They're very, very special young men. I mean, the character of these guys is phenomenal. I mean, even when, you know, when we go and recruit, even myself, I, you know, I don't just look at the skill of a player, but you also look at the character of the person because it's important. I mean, as far as their attitudes and, you know, being positive and being gold, having set goals and, um, you know, talk about school and, you know, what what are your long term goals and what are your short term goals? And and and, and again, in our mind and Dave is, is he's on the same page. But, you know, again, when we. Uh, recruit these players we tell them or we tell their parents depending on how old they are is that in the end it's all about these kids period it's not about us as coaches it's not about uh, anything else but only these kids to make sure that we give them an opportunity like I said to develop them to give them the opportunity to play at the highest level possible and uh, and make it a great experience for them yeah, you know, it's funny. You, you talk about the team building, and it's it's the same in the fire service as it is in the Navy SEALs. If you have people of quality character on that roster that are in there, they can totally turn those events, because this road trip could have been miserable. And, break, and, you know, having to push your bus out of an ice block could be miserable. But if you have somebody in there that's positive, or a couple people in there, everything's a fun experience, and you grow it, from it. That's exactly right. I mean, this is it, for them, it's a life experience. And, well, you know, Jay, ha- ha- hockey – I mean, I've coached football, baseball, you know, everything, but there's just something about that's special about hockey players. And I mean, sometimes you can't pinpoint it, but, uh, you know, they're just, I I know it's just special. And when you see these kids coming together as one and uh, making it a great experience. and, And again, you could tell that to them, it was all about going out, working hard on the ice and having fun. And at, the end of the day we didn't care what the score was and but at the end of that trip on the way home well i'll give another example like our bus broke down um on our in fact it was the last game and it broke down a parking lot we didn't know what it was and you know the the kids could have been in a a bad mood and but you know what they weren't they were it's like that we all knew that somehow we were going to play this game and, and we did, we ended up the bus, we left the bus there 
And uh, the other team car pulled and came out and got us. And we played the game. And uh, the bus driver ended up, his name is uh, Brandon. And that guy, that, that guy's our hero. <laughs> I mean, but it ended up just being a coolant hose, which he replaced. Ooh. So everything was, everything was fixed. And um, we went home that, well, we drove to the border that night. And um, the next day, we stayed at a hotel and the next morning we woke up and we, we just got out of Helena, Montana coming home and the bus broke down again. And it Whoa. was the, uh, what the, it was the, um, turbo, whatever. Again, it turned out just to be a simple hose and we got it fixed. But, and, and when we broke down this time, it was in the middle of nowhere. And I mean, it was cold, and, but again, just the attitude on the bus, I mean, the, it didn't bother them at all oh, it just it's just everybody was, they just stay positive about everything and you know that's that's a good thing to see because it, it, you know it just carries on it carries on in life yeah those are the things yeah. in hockey that, that people need to understand is that um that's gonna that's gonna make you a better employee that's gonna make you a better boss that's gonna make you better situated to deal with you know cha- challenges that come up in your life when you think that- you should be on an e- easy path whatever your career ends up being, and we know it's less than 1% that get to do something in hockey, you know, challenges come up yeah. and they've dealt with it. They've been in the middle of nowhere and broken down on a, on a bus and still had to play a game or get home. And now they've, they've met these challenges and it builds character. Uh, absolutely. And, and you, could, you could see, you know, 20 years from now, maybe, you know, they could have a situation in their life where, you know, something happens or, you know, it's whatever the issue may be. And then they look back and they, and they said, you know what? Yeah. You know, they tell their kid, I can remember 20 years ago, we were on a bus in the middle of nowhere and it broke down, it broke down twice, but this will, this will live with them forever. I mean, this trip, I mean, I've been on a lot of hockey trips, tournaments, you name it. Um, well, you know, the Weaver days, I mean, 18, 13 hours to Phoenix and Tucson and Minot, North Dakota. And, but this (laughs) particular trip, was uh I, there was just something special about it and uh i mean it was uh it, even for me it's it's it, it's life-changing it, you know it's just a great experience to have even an opportunity to be a part of it that's awesome that's good to hear joe tell me a little so what is the team called what are what are you guys we're we're the vernal oilers and uh in yeah, fact we're discussing the name dave came up dave Amani came up with the name because you know, Vernal's an oil town. It's a very conservative town, but it's all oil out there. And yeah. what a per- what a perfect name for it. And uh, I, we went with it. We got the logo, and uh, the 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 town was they were they were excited about the name actually. So so how does that and, go? How how many fans yeah. can you guys get in that building of yours? We right now you can get about three hundred. Okay. Um, that's the max, but we, we get, when we play, we get 300. <laughs> so, I mean, they, they love the game out there and, uh, um, you know, all the games are exciting <clears throat> and, uh, you know, the first half of the season, uh, for me, like I, I, uh, before even the season started, I ended up getting COVID and the COVID led into other issues. And, um, so I wasn't able to coach and we were lucky enough to, to, in fact, Dave Imani went out. We were lucky enough to get uh, uh, another coach uh, prior to the season. I mean, to help to help me out. But name uh, uh, Nick Camarata. Uh, he was from. Uh, he's originally from Boston. Played D one NCAA. 
And, uh, but I'll tell you what, that guy, a lifesaver. I mean, for me to be in the hospital for as long as I have, if it weren't for, if it weren't for Nick, I mean, I, we didn't even know what we would do. I mean, Dave would probably had to coach, <laughs> you know, but, right, right. uh, he, you know, he's a great guy and, and, and he, he just did a wonderful job in that first half. And, you know, we owe him a lot. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, you know, but now I'm back and, you know, and helping him out and he's helping me out. And like I said, we, you know, when you have a, when you coach a team, and it's just not about the players coming together, but it's about everybody. I mean, the, the volunteers, the coaching staff, the owners, general manager. I mean, you just every, you get everybody on the same page. And, you know, all the years I've coached, you know, it's always been that way. And, you know, again, it's at the end of the year, it ends up being a, a special year for everybody. I mean, because, uh, you know, all the volunteers and, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a great experience for them as well. Yeah, it sounds like you're having an amazing season up there. It sounds like you guys are having a lot of growth and a real good opportunity for the people of Vernal to come out and watch some good hockey. That's that's some honestly, I knew it was going on because I, I keep a pretty good contact with Dave and I, and I play hockey with Dave quite a bit, yep. so I knew it was going. Yep. And I've been I've been wanting to promote it, but it sounds like you guys are just it's uh like what's going on with COVID right now and everything else. Everybody's hitting challenge after challenge after challenge. It sounds like you guys are meeting it coming out of it the other side better than you were going into it. Absolutely. And, and you know, what's great about that, Jay, it's like, it goes back to what you just said. It's like, you, you know, it's, it's a learning experience for these kids because again, with all the challenges that we were faced with this year, not just COVID, but it just, it was almost like every turn something would go wrong. And, but you, you know, in the end, I tell these boys, you, you know what guys, I said, Hey, look, you're, you're going to have the same issues in life. And the thing is, it's like, you always have to remember this. There's always a solution, always, you know, it might be, it, it might take longer than others, but you, you just have to keep going forward, stay positive, And I guarantee you, you will always find a solution to, to, to go on. And, but the biggest thing is just to stay positive. Don't, I mean, cause you could worry all day long or be negative all day long. It, that doesn't accomplish anything. I mean, it, you know, to me, worrying is like a waste of my time. <laughs> it doesn't. Right you know it doesn't solve anything it doesn't make anything appear you know you just got to stay positive you got to move on move forward and uh, you know that's what we're trying to teach these these boys and um and like i said they're listening and they're uh, i mean it's like i said very special group i'm dave Colley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast cold in october of 1985 a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Well, it's good to hear, man. I, I'm, I'm glad we had the chance to catch up and, and to find out more about the Vernal Oilers and now your Can-Am League. It's, it sounds like a pretty cool opportunity. How many games do you guys have left this season and how many are at home? 
Well, right now, okay, we got, let's see, we got about, I want to say we have 20. Let's see, five. We got, no, we have more than that. <clears throat> so this weekend we have, we're at home against Edmonton for four games. And then I believe uh, we're at home again uh, two weekends after that. I think it's an exhibition series against uh, uh, a college. I can't remember what college team it is. Um, might be Utah Valley. What are, what's uh, the Edmonton team called? Uh, the Edmonton Eagles. Okay. They're actually, and they're, <laughs> they are uh, from a reservation. Oh, okay. Yeah, in, in Edmonton. And uh, I'll tell you what, but Utah got a very physical team, some big boys, <laughs> right, and yeah. uh, but uh, uh, very physical. So it, it, after four games, you know how it is when you play the same team three or four times that that last game is going to be, um, I'm sure, a little, little bit chippy. <laughs> right, so, right. But uh, after them, we have – we're at home again against uh, uh, Vegreville for three and then Cold Lake for three. So that's uh, ten home games. And then we got another five – so how many How many is that? That's uh, four, ten – so we got 15 home games left – or 15 wow. games, I mean. Yep. Well, that's, a, that's And then awesome. the playoffs – or in Cold Lake, so in, in up in Alberta. So what the plan is? Our last five season games are in Alberta, and we set it up in such a way that we only have to travel there once. So what we're going to do is we'll we'll play those five games. It's five all five different teams. We get a week off, and then the playoffs. So what we're going to do is we're going to stay there, practice during the week off, and then um, play in the uh, the playoffs. Wow! Wow! Sounds so, awesome. All right, yep. Joe. Well, I just, again, uh, one, I just want to thank you for all that you've contributed to hockey over the past 30, 35 years that you've been helping people out, whether it's finding smucks like me, a way to get to play some pro roller hockey or, you know, the, the coaching that you did at Weber. I know you coached Utah State. I know that you've just always been around and you're always willing to help. And, and people don't understand how, how much time that is, especially when it's almost always voluntary and you're not – a lot of times you don't yeah, get reimbursed I mean, for it. So, yeah, and, and I think even with me, I mean, uh, it, it's to me, it's I, it, it's just a passion for the game, and and I mean, even my wife. I mean, I've been married to her now for thirty nine years, and I mean, for her to put up with me coaching all the years I've done, and I mean, oh, God bless her. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, when I retire for good, I, 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 I got to do something for her. Yeah, she might not <laughs> like having you around so much. Right. Yeah. So, but a uh, great woman. Perfect. But, uh, well, well, Joe, I, I hope everybody comes out and fills that building for all the rest of your games. And uh, I just, again, thank you for everything you've done. It's, it's the, it's the Vernal Oilers and they're coming up this week against Edmonton, not the Oilers, but uh, the Eagles, you know, right? The Eagles. And it'll, it'll be a little, uh, it's gotta be weird for the Edmonton kids to play another team called the Oilers. That's, 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 all right. that's right. But I, I, I I'll tell you what, it, it, this these will be phenomenal games this weekend. For I mean, I mean, none of these games are are, are blowouts. I mean, they're you know one or two goal games, so it's it's exciting hockey and it's exciting for the fans. So how many but, uh, Utah? Do you, do you have Utah kids on your roster? Do, do we have what now? Any kids from Utah on your roster? Yes, and that's what I was going to tell you real quick. I'm glad you brought it up. So we get. Um, 
so for people that maybe want to understand more about juniors. So the age group for this is mainly set. Well, now it's 21. We can have 720 or yeah, 721 year olds. And that had to do with COVID because they canceled the season. So some kids weren't able to finish out their junior career. So, you know, but we get players from all over. I mean, when I recruited, it was, uh, and, it, and Dave, Dave's got a huge European connection, but we have, you know, kids from Russia, uh, Czech Republic, Canada, uh, Alaska, Minnesota, uh, Michigan, California, Colorado, uh, Pennsylvania. We, they're from all over. But the great thing is we get kids, we got four local kids from Vernal itself. I mean, that's how far hockey has come in Utah because I'm telling you that the talent level in Vernal for the local kids, the local players, it's unreal. Yeah. Unreal. I mean, it, it, I mean, it, impressive for sure. I know, they've, I know they've been doing a good job of bringing coaches up there. Like uh, my son and I used to go up there and, and run goalie clinics and, um, yes. you know, yep. they were always trying to find ways to get coaching up there for their kids that they really kind of maximize the ice time that they could, they could use with these coaches right. too, instead of just driving down here all the time or whatever, driving to Colorado. They, well, they, right. Yeah. They're, but they're it, very, it, very smart up there about the way they're trying to organize their coaching. Yeah. And they and that it has come a long way. Cause I remember going, when I was coaching golden spike, I think we we're coaching squirts at the time. And, uh, uh, we went to Vernal and I, I want to say it was, was it, I want to say almost it was an outdoor rink at yeah. one point. Yeah, it it's just like, if you remember, uh, uh, Kearns, the, uh, before, uh, was it the oval before the oval that was outdoor. Yep. And they also used to do the winter. You remember the winter games and yeah, the Utah winter games, uh, Matt, Brickley. Used to, Matt <laughs> yep. Brickley used to run all that. God bless him. And, um, he did such a great job, but I'll tell you this one little story. Um, and then I'll, if you have to go, I'll let you go real quick, but, I remember coaching Golden Spike and it was squirts and this was back in 95. Yeah, it was 1995. And I remember that we had, there was four sport teams and we were the only team that didn't have a goaltender and they wouldn't let us use uh, any of their other goaltenders. And so I, I went home and I asked my son, Nick, I said, Hey Nick, you want to play hockey? And he says, okay, dad, he was, I think he was 11, 10 came out, played and we lost that game 11, nothing. He came and when we went in the locker room, my son said to me, he says, dad, that was the most fun I ever had in my life. And that <laughs> kind of puts everything in perspective because in the end, that's what it's all about. Right. It's just working hard and having fun, man. <laughs> we lose, we lose sight of that. And I keep, I, I just yep. beg other people that are coaches and I, I would tell people like, you know, there, there are a couple of years that I lost sight of it, but as I, as I'm coaching and, and as I bring in coaches to run my clinic, I, I tell them, uh, teach them. But at the end of the day, make sure that they still they have more passion for the game than they did when they got here. Like my, right. my job, my, my job was to coach. My job was to teach you skills. But I felt like it was my obligation to not ruin the game for you by yelling and screaming and being that, unrealistic. That, but absolutely. You know. you know what, Jay, that solves nothing. And the thing is, every game, every kid is going to make a mistake on the ice. And and that's to be expected. And when they come off the ice to, to, to holler at them when they make that mistake, it, it just, it doesn't do any good because number one, you know, as a coach, that's your job is when they make a mistake is to help them find, to correct that mistake. And nine out of 10 times when that player comes off the ice, first off, they already know they made a mistake. 
but nine out of 10 times, they actually know what they need to do to fix it. So they don't need you to just, you know what I mean? Right. And they're they hollering at them. You know, they didn't go out there. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't go out there with malice in their heart, meaning to do the wrong play or hurt the team or whatever. It's, it's always a learnable moment, a coachable moment. It's, it's never a right. moment to punish. That's, that's, but it takes, it takes maturity as a coach to realize that for sure. Yeah. And you, you know, you want to instill confidence in these kids because I mean, the thing is, is this, and you, I'm sure you've seen it, but you know, when you get kids coming up through these youth programs, thir- you know, 12 year old, 13 year old, 14 year olds. And what, if you can't make it a great experience for them, and teach them the basics and the fundamentals of the game, because some coaches get so caught up in winning that they forget all about that and they don't care about it. But in the end is if you don't make it a great experience for these young men or young, young kids, by the time they get to to midgets, they quit. And I mean, I've seen players out there that their skill was unreal and they, they left the game at Bantam and Midget because they didn't have fun with it anymore. Yep. And, uh, again, you're right. Some of the coaches have gotten away from that. And uh, they, just, they just need to be reminded of it and get back into the, to what the game is all about. And that's, again, teaching these kids at whatever age level they're at, the fundamentals, the basics, and even at the junior level, to develop them so they're able to play at the highest level possible and make it a great experience for them. And, but forget about the winning and losing. It's not about that because that the winning will take care of itself. Right. hundred percent. Okay. Flagger. Well, again, good luck this weekend. Um, just wanted to once one more time, we'll talk about it up in Vernal, Vernal Oilers, junior a hockey against the Edmonton Eagles. And uh, I mean, Town like Vernal's had to have been begging for this for years. They finally have it, and hopefully it's a sellout and everything is a success for you guys the rest of the year and you just continue to grow this program. Absolutely, and that's our plan, buddy. <laughs> so, But uh, appreciate okay. you letting me uh, come on today. Yeah, perfect. Thanks for being here. And that is the Utah Puck Report. stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.